Hello friends and welcome to your Monday morning edition of what I'm calling KOA on Tour Austrian Special, the Kings of Anglia, Ipswich Town Podcast. I'm your host Mark Heath and with me three intrepid brave kings just returning from doing battle with Cerberus. They've emerged triumphant just like Heracles back in the day. It's Alex, it's Stewie, it's Roscoe. I'm going to start first of all with the daddy of the bunch, Stewie. How are you, my friend? How was how was Austria? It was pretty bloody hot, wasn't it? It was hot, yeah. The daddy of the bunch. Is that what oh, yeah. I am now? You are the daddy, baby. There were <laughs> there were some dad <laughs> moments, I would say. I was very much the uh, assigned member of our group to sit up front in the taxis, um, talking to the locals when ordering food. I was kind of ushered forward as the, uh, the more mature, mature member of the group at times but um yeah I, I, am I the dad of the three or is or is Alex my new work husband there is a bit of a we're in the stage of sort of well, there's a bit of an age gap there people might yeah. be raising eyebrows if we're if we're making that that comparison I mean just so, just factually you are the only dad of the group so yeah true I'm, I'm going with that um your new work husband as you said there a little bit of a younger model some would say better leave it up to you AJ, how was your first uh, overseas trip with the KOA boys? Hot. Really, really bloody hot. Um, you know, you kind of think pre-season tour to Austria, and I don't really think that you then think, ah, 34 degrees. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stu tried regularly to uh, ask if it's normal weather in Vienna, and the taxi drivers, I think, were not too key. I don't think he got a single response when asking that question um i did the classic british thing of uh, so i'm set up front in the taxi those yeah. two just jump straight in the back so yeah it was about a what half hour 20 minute taxi journey from the airport yeah. to, to the ground you start to feel a bit awkward after a while trying to make chit chat what do you do british thing oh is it always this hot how's the weather sort of thing i tried this about three times in our in our trip, and I got custard pied every time, just met with stony silence. Those two giggling away in the back. <laughs> Surely, the first thing you did, Stewie, if you're properly British having a taxi journey, is you say, Busy today? That's the first thing you do, isn't it? Been busy yeah. today? <laughs> I did, yeah, the one back, I did I did do the chat of, Oh, do you do, you do night shifts? When do you finish? <laughs> all, all that classic chat. Maybe you yeah. thought you fancied a drink, mate. Um, Rossi, you did an extraordinary game day, uh, which really brought home the heat of Cerberus. Um, how was it for you? I'm not going to say what the boys just said because, um, it's a, a British thing when it's hot, Christ, uh, oh, hot bar, very hot bar. Uh, but yeah, very enjoyable trip, really enjoyed it. It was a, a long day for all of us, you know, because yeah. we had that early flight and we covered the game. Um, and yeah, I think by the time. We got back to the hotels. I think, yeah, most of us were just like, I'm going to go to bed. Um, but we still have a few little bit of work to do. But um, nah, a very good trip indeed. Excellent. Well, I think everyone would expect us to start with a little bit of chat around this trip. I'm going to start by kicking off with the question that I got asked most on social media, Rossi, which was, given it was very early, and only Stu can answer this, was Rossi on time? We'd spoken about our fears that Rossi, prone to maybe sleeping in a little bit, missing dates and times, Stewie, was it? Was he there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, when you rocked up? Yes, he was. Yes, I told him on, to get Rossi. himself to to Cop Doc Roundabout yeah. um, at three thirty a.m. And oh. when I pulled in, there he was. There he was. How did you, waiting how did you get there, Rossi? 
I walked. I left mine at two o'clock. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I just got a taxi. Just got a taxi okay, in the morning. So um, I, I, I pre-booked that just in case. But what, one thing I was fearing, and this has happened to me before, when I booked a taxi for like early in the morning, 3.30, I was like, or, you know, any time. Mm. You fear that they don't think it's a.m. They think it's p.m. So I was like, oh, please don't come like, you know, 3 p.m. Um, on the Thursday, oh no, when do we travel? Friday, Friday afternoon, because I booked it Friday morning, and I was like, I'd hope it doesn't turn up at three thirty on Friday, but it didn't. But um, it was yeah, Saturday it was... you went, but yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still knackered to be fair. Um, but yeah, I was there on time. He was, um... he was on time, but we did, we did have some Ross moments along the <laughs> way. I think it's fair to say. Do tell. Well, I would say the. the... The classic was when we went, Alex and I were doing a live video um, <laughs> before kickoff, um, which was which was going quite smoothly. First time Alex and I have done a sort of live video together and we were just just finding our, our rhythm. We've worked out our, our natural sides like yep. Ant and Deck, um, felt yep. comfortable with that. Just getting into it, getting a few comments rolling in. Um, and then and then the connection cut out and we thought, that's strange. Turns out that Ross, who had set up this live stream as producer Ross, uh, had been running it off the hotspot on his phone and just decided to wander off midway through it with his phone in his pocket. So, um, yeah, I thought that that was classic Ross. And he then managed to lose that phone um, about half an hour later when the Ipswich Press Boys turned up. They wandered over to us and said, is this one of your phones? Because we've just found it on the floor in the middle of a, of a stand over there. Turns out it was Ross's. Just left it on the floor somewhere. So amazing! Couple, I did enjoy that. moments. I did enjoy that live, actually, boys. Um, and I like it. I hope we can do more of those. I, I did. I was rather frustrated when it cut out. We we, we know at least why it did. Um, another another one of the feedback we got from that was it seemed to be recorded on a potato. But I guess that was because essentially it was so hot out there. I guess you're using your laptop right to to screen that, and it's obviously really hot. It's getting steamy. Um, so I'm assuming that's that's why that happened. Um, so yes, yeah, no, we, no, it's not. We just filmed it on a potato. So <laughs> <laughs> we can, so we can afford. Rossi, before we get on to the game, um, you've you've crafted your own little pictorial diary of the trip, which I invite mm. you now to take us through Rossi's pictures from KOA on tour. Of course, there is more, but um, of course, can't be can't be shown for. Uh... <laughs> reasons oh really uh, no not, <laughs> not really but uh, i just thought these are the best for just to sort of talk give a flavor yeah i, I want to bring up another story <laughs> like the idea of that as you're going through them one just one just pops up really inappropriately oh skip past that one <laughs> yeah rossi's yeah. bare ass just appears <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, was, yeah. um, was there was actually session. a moment now a rossi moment before i bring these pictures up yeah. um i wanted i needed some water i think well you know because it was hot obviously yeah. And um, I went to a spa, um, you know, the spa shop. Other shops were available. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I picked one up, bought it. I actually bought two because I was that I needed a drink. And um, they were sparkling. What? You don't drink sparkling? Is that bad? I, I just didn't. I just don't think sparkling water is what you want to drink when it's thirty-four degrees. Because um, so you can't chug bit, it. You get yeah. you get you get re- reflux, don't you? I enjoy much, this so... more, as long as it's cold. This is insightful yeah, so... stuff. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I was going to be more interested than it was, but at the time it was funny. It's a classic so Brits abroad mistake. Yeah, 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 pretty much. Like, oh, sparkling. Uh, anyway, um, let's talk then 
about this big boy chair because I mean that is we... a massive chair. Yeah, so Lira Hotel that was basically just this chair. Um, What's the story I... behind that? I don't know. To be fair, just just there. Is it a famous just... is it a famous chair making region? I don't know. Just just a big chair. <laughs> I think I went to Stu. Can we climb it? And he went, No, Ross. Okay, <laughs> you you really were the dad, weren't you, Stu? Yeah. No, no, we've um we've decided Stu is actually the big the big bro. Okay. The big bro of the group. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool big I'm the middle child. Yeah. No one cares about. And then Alex is the young, young, young gun. The young um, prodigy is always the favourite, isn't he? The the youngest yeah. child is always the, the special one. <laughs> the much. apple of the eye. So we've seen a big chair, Ross, um, big enough for Thomas Holy to sit on. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you got? That's it. Let's talk. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, of course, if you're listening on audio, make sure to go on to the video version because yeah. you can see it visually, of course. But um, don't miss that. Yeah, big chair. It's a red big chair. <laughs> uh, Second picture is a alone. yes, uh, very big chair. Uh, next picture is a nice picture of Stu, and as you can see, he's working hard as well. He's got his laptop there. Um, but yeah, this is when we had our nice little currywurst, Mr. Currywurst. Oh, Shout out to nice. them. Um, and it was very nice, very nice. Um, got what, nice uh, chips there. I think Stewie was actually in the in the in the process of uploading a report there, weren't you, from the first game, Stu? I think this is roughly when I text to see if you uh, you were going to pick that up. Um, so yeah. you, curry worse than chips, was it, boys? Any any sauces? Any condiments? Yeah. They had like a scale of one to twelve of, and it gave you the chip. What's the scale for chilies? Um, Scoville. Scoville scale um, from sort of one to fourteen or something. Um, I panicked. They just said spicy, and I just said yes. Um, (laughs) So I don't know what number I got, but it was okay. They had like a wall of a wall of champions. If you beat, I assume the the highest one on there. But um, on that note, we need to get Ross eating a Carolina Reaper. Um, chili pepper, which is like the hottest ever created, makes makes you melt. I think that'd be great content. Uh, I'm off that day. <laughs> <laughs> so you bang down yeah. a currywurst. I assume there yes. was no strudel or schnitzel available. There probably was, but I think we'll. I wouldn't say we're panicking, but I think we'll just. Walk, there's a near our hotel. There's a massive like shopping mall, and we just mm. like we decided to escape from the heat. Because I think we realised actually the the ground was probably a bit further than we first thought. But we were able to go through this lovely shopping mall that just kept us away from the, the scorching heat. Um, in the end, we actually still had to get a taxi because it was still a long way away. Um, but yeah, we went through that shopping mall, got the curry worst. And of course, we got to the ground finally. Um, once again, Stu asked the taxi driver about the weather. Got panned off, of course. Um, then we arrived. Um, nice little setup. Um, at, really nice, Wacker. Yeah. I'm calling it Admo Wacker because on the seats it said Admiral Wacker. So well, I had it on the good. stand when the boys were doing the yeah. live, it had Admiral Wacker behind them. So, so make your minds up, friends. Come on, you yeah. can't keep changing your name. Austrian, Austrian clubs, I don't know. Um, but then this is a picture from actually Alex, and I thought this is a great perfect thing about Austrian and German football. <laughs> yeah, the ashtray. I love Press this. <laughs> I love this because uh. I, I quite fancy sitting there having a cigar, watching a fo- watching a football game. Probably wouldn't make you very popular with the people around me, but it's just a civilized way of living, isn't it? In Europe, they got the right right approach. Did anyone uh, anyone spark up? No, I I don't like the idea of doing that in about thirty four degrees. I feel like, <laughs> in fairness, a if lovely... you just got one out, it would probably just light up light by itself. itself. Yeah, 
you know what they say alex a lovely cooling cigarette <laughs> lovely yeah perfect <laughs> perfect for a nice pre-season game that's exactly what i was uh hoping for yeah i must say though on the note on that note it looked like a really nice little stadium boys like a proper yeah. really nice little setup what are they second tier are they in austria yeah 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 okay um and you've got a final snap then so from the ashtray very civilized and enlightened we have the final snap yeah it's just a nice little selfie of us three just um finishing off or actually maybe this is when we arrived actually um so there, there we, we go are. The boys. Yeah. Stewie looks like he'd come fresh from playing 18 <laughs> on the links. And I, I love the fact, AJ, you uh, you took your KOA hat with you. Oh, yes. Um, be the brand. Sell the brand. Push the brand. That's what I like. Um, so there we go. There, there's a little uh, few clips, a few pictures from the boys' trip to Austria, friends. So if you want to uh, if you want to see that in all its glory, especially that big boy chair, worth a subscription <laughs> fee alone. You need to subscribe and watch this video. Right then, friends, I suppose we better talk about the actual football, had we? Having done 10 minutes of banter. Um, Ipswich Town played Flyer Alarm Admira. Is that what their, their current first choice name is? Um, and it sounds like, obviously it was very hot, it sounds like the first half was a bit of a bit of a shocker. Um, and then things heated up, literally, in the second half. Stu, um, what, what did you make of it all? Yeah. One thing before kickoff I wanted to highlight is it's tradition at uh, Admira, apparently, that in their final pre-season game, they announce their squad numbers, who they've been assigned to, kind of live right. before before kickoff. Apparently, they do it every year. Um, the PA man was a little sad um, that nobody was there to kind of witness this. I think the, the heat had put a lot of the uh, the local fans off. There wasn't a huge number of supporters there at this game so um yeah they kind of did a big razzmatazz and the number 14 shirt has been assigned to and then they sort of went, no went through all of that and um <laughs> so we had we had that before kickoff but yeah that that was their last pre-season game they actually start this weekend so both okay. of them and Spartak Trinava who Ipswich played in in the morning behind closed doors um are much further along in their pre-season preparation. So that's a bit of context to kind of to take into it. Um, mm. Trinava are in um, Conference League, Europa Conference League qualifying next weekend. So, um, yeah, I think the Heat and the the opposition where they're at in their pre-seasons kind of made these both these games good little tests for Ipswich um, at their stage of, of preparations, I would say. Alex? Your first overseas trip. I'm sure you were giddy as a schoolgirl. Um, what did you, what did you make of the uh, of the action? Start with your opening thoughts. We can talk maybe a bit more in depth about players and stuff. Yeah, I want to show off this lovely thing. I also got to oh, take back with me. Nice. I feel like I should have brought this up earlier. Yeah, when you go to get uh, a coke or a beer yeah. if you're not covering the football game. Yeah. Uh, they'll charge you an extra couple of euros for the cup, and then you can go bring it back for the two euros. And I thought to myself, I could do that. But I quite like the cup. I like Absolutely. the souvenir cup from my yeah, first yeah. trip. So I brought it. And I think Stu highlighted that it has some um, Man United 90s vibes with the, oh, the, the shop, shop yeah. sponsorship to it. Um, initial thoughts. Yeah, the, it was an interesting first half where I think we were kind of sat in the press box thinking, 
it's been quite an expensive trip and we can see this panning out as a nil-nil here <laughs> and it's going to be a match report of about 170 odd words so there are i didn't really did think that there. actually i was thinking yeah oh, it's going to be nil-nil yeah there are a few worries with that one um i think i could pinpoint the moment when it kind of woke up which is when sam morsey just decided mm. nah, nuts to this i'm just going to boot the ball at the goalkeeper and it's kind of flew vaguely on target and then everything kind of woke up a little bit um i think sam morsey in fairness i i, I, you know, I touched on the individuals towards the end but he's kind of the one who woke it up a with the shots and b with the fact he just turned it into a fight for <laughs> half the game i think when he first started uh, putting in some big challenges uh, it, it got a little bit feisty towards the end. There are a few different bits. I think Carl Edwards was one of them with the goalkeeper, which just kind of sparked from nothing. Um, I think it was one of those where you kind of want to avoid the cliches, don't you? Kind of, oh, it's minutes in the legs and mm. um, getting back up to full fitness, but that's really just what it was. You can kind of see what they wanted to do. I think I spoke about that a bit after the game in the sense of the wide players are very important, um, you know, Freddie getting his goal, another one um, feels like uh, feels like a big thing. But I, the one thing I've noticed is there's a lot of attacking contributions from those wide players. Maybe just to give the players through the middle a little bit more support. I think they've been really important in the two games that I've seen mm. Town play so far, and they grew into the game. You know, they could kind of adapt to the heat a little bit more. It cooled down as uh, the, the minutes ticked on. Um, an overall a fun experience, yeah. Siri, um, from your Stu says bits, I picked up on well, a the Sam Morsey thing. Friendly does not exist in Sam Morsey's vocabulary. If we're playing, we're playing to win, boys. I'm going hard. <laughs> and second, you, you talk about goals conceded, um, bad goals. I don't know if, if that's a good place to start, being as a Admira took the lead, uh, and there was there was a, there was a we haven't seen it obviously from the first first game, but apparently it was never at the back in the first game as well, wasn't there? Yeah, it sounds like that was a kind of getting caught playing out playing out from the back situation in that that first mm. game, and the two goals against against Admira weren't weren't ones that they'll be happy with. Both headed goals. One was direct from a corner, glanced in on the run at the near post. Another was a, a cross from open play down their right-hand side, and I think it was Harry Clark um, that got beaten in, in the air for that one. Christian Walton kind of didn't didn't come and claim either. So neither of those goals I think they'll, they'll be too happy with, um, especially as I think there'll be sides in the championship that will, will kind of test that aerial resolve next season. So that's something for them to work on. Um, in general, that first half was an absolute stinker, as we've touched upon, just... A bit like both, certainly the, the uh, Maidenhead, I'll get it right, I keep calling them Maidstone, Maidenhead game, um, just not quite fully clicked and got back into their rhythm. They're not, I don't know whether it's just fitness, I don't know whether it's trying out a few new things tactically, whether obviously you played a part in this one, but they're just not quite the Ipswich Town team that was kind of... Uh, telepathically linking up and you know really well drilled patterns of play it's just not things weren't just coming off for them at the moment there was several incidences I think Connor Chaplin tried to put play the ball out to the right went out for a throw in hmm. um Jack Taylor tried to clip a ball out to to Greg Lee and sort of over over hit that and it glanced off his head they, I, you could go through the whole team with it you know you couldn't highlight 
one or two particular individuals that were kind of off it first half collectively. Things just just weren't happening for Ipswich. But, you know, that is probably because they've just had a really hard week on the training pitch in tough conditions at the minute. It is just about sort of building back up that fitness. Um, and we kind of move on to phase two of pre-season that McKenna kind of talked about afterwards, that phase one is has been about fitness. It's been about working on a few things. It's been about minutes in the legs, all, all those cliches. And I think now from from Preston onwards on Wednesday, it's going to be about fine tuning and and trying to trying to get that little bit more match ready with what they're trying to do. Rossi, talk to me what it was like pitch side because uh, again on the game day video, you looked like you were exposed, literally sitting baking under the sun until you got a dousing from a sprinkler, which I imagine must have been like manna from heaven. Um, what was the experience like for you, and and what stood out for you? Obviously. Big Fred scoring again. Four in three, boys. Steady on. Yeah, pitch side was very, very, very hot, um, as we've said multiple times on this podcast already. Um, but I did chicken out, and luckily there was some parts of the pitch side in shade, so I went that way. There's some other photographers there, Austrian photographers, who were in the sun. I was like, yeah, good luck, boys. See you later. Um, so me and Harry, the, the cameraman <laughs> for Richard's Town, we, we went in the shade. And yeah, at half time we were having a little chin wag. Um, and then we both looked up and then the sprinkler sprayed us all, um, or sprayed me and Harry, and um, went on all of our cameras, all of us. I was absolutely drenched, but I was also saying that was lovely and refreshing. Um, but it just kept coming at us. It just out of nowhere, it's just because it's you know sprinkling the pitch, but then for some reason it then just sprinkled all over the the area we're at. It's like, oh, so I didn't need that, but um yeah, the game, the first half, yeah, I was thinking what, you know, Alex and Stu and yourself were thinking, oh, this has been, <laughs> was that a wasted trip, but it's like, please don't be a goalless draw. So yeah. I was like, I have no pitches at the moment, really. Got a few action shots, but nothing really to, but there's a lot of stoppages in this game, in the first half, particularly, like, mm. the, you know, the Admir team, like, I think they must have had four or five players that went down, injured or whatever, mm. had to get treatment. Um, Wes Burns, of course, um, had to get yeah. treatment and he had to come off. But there's just so many stoppages. So the flow of the game just wasn't there. Um, but as yeah, Alex said, when when Sam Morty had that shot, it just sort of woke everybody up. And of course, they had that quick flurry of goals. You know, um, they got their goal. And then Ladapo out of nowhere with his finish. Good good on Big Fred scoring another one. And then, of course, they equalized or took the lead again straight away after. But yeah, that first half, won't remember that quickly. Um, but yeah, second half came to life. And uh yeah, as I said, pitch side, I, I was sensible because I think if I was staying in the sun, I probably would have fainted. Um, so I decided to go go in the shade. I love the way in the game days where you kept stressing the need to hydrate. Did I yeah. hydrate, boy? Well, hydrate. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Stewie, we uh, obviously touched on it there. Injuries is obviously something we should we should touch on from that first half. Where's Burns coming off injured? We knew going into the summer he was already carrying a bit of an injury because that stopped him going to play for Wales or meet up with the squad. Um, any kind of update on what, on what happened there? Just a precautionary <clears throat> thing, was it? Yeah, you, I'm always reluctant to kind of diagnose what the injury is based <laughs> on, uh, you know, what what we've seen and and mm. how they what their whole what part of their body they're holding and how they move off the pitch. But it looked like the right calf to me. Um, don't quite know how it happened. Um, looked up and he was down down sat down on the floor and physio came on. Um, that was 17 minutes into the game and, and off he went. Ice pack straight on the back of the right leg. So whether that's calf, whether that's ankle, um, I, I would 
hazard a guess that it's his right calf. Um, mm. Kieran McKenna afterwards sort of said that basically we take take no risks at, at this time of the year. As soon as they feel something, get them off. Precautionary. Hopefully, it will be fine. Similar with Janoy Danassian, who came off in the early stages of the first half in the first game. We obviously don't know why, but um, from what McKenna says, that was a similar scenario. Just just get him off and take no risks. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, Wes's Wes's day didn't didn't last very long at all. Seventeen minutes, and um, you're right. There was there, there, Admira had two players go off injured either side of that in the first half, as well. We had the Ipswich players that had played in the first game, sat literally in the row or two in front of us in the press box watching this one. I enjoyed Luke Wolfenden uh, exclaiming as the third player went injured uh, went off injured. Not another one. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely nailed that. Um, yeah, it was. We got the flurry of goals right at the end of that first half. Three goals happened in, I think, three or four minutes at the end of that first half. But um, in general, that first half was was not great. Well, on the subject of injuries, boys, I'm 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 concerned about the man they call Fridge. Um, so he wasn't around at all this weekend, was he? He's having more treatment on this ankle injury. It's an ankle that that's ended both of his last two seasons. Um, so I'm I'm a bit concerned, Stewie, about about Big George going forward. Um, and we can maybe talk a bit more about centre backs in a minute. But that is a, that is a worry, isn't it? That it keeps it keeps playing up this this angle. It does. Um, I'm just trying to look up when he when he did that injury. It was around. When was it? It was the Lincoln game. And if you remember the, the photograph of that, it looked yeah. a really bad one. We got the still image of the moment that he kind of jumped up for a header and, and landed on it and completely rolled rolled underneath his weight. Mm. And um was obviously a, a bad ankle injury. And he's come, come back from it a couple of times now and just seems to sort of keep tweaking it. So um, he was sent home from the training camp early, middle of last week, to go and see a specialist in London. Um, Kieran was at pains to kind of say, no, we're not worried about it at all. And uh, he should be back with us on, on Monday. But um, sending him back from a training camp early to see a specialist um, doesn't sound like it's a minor, minor thing to me. So um, we obviously all really hope that, that George gets back up to speed. But if we're already talking about sort of a, an injury disrupted pre-season going into mm. that, this campaign, um, it's hard to say hand on heart, he can be a really robust, reliable player for Ipswich going in into this season. Hopefully that is the case, but you certainly couldn't couldn't completely hang your hat on that at this moment in time, which is um, not ideal given Ipswich are a little short of centre-halves as it is. Well, that brings us on perfectly, Alex, to chat about centre-halves. We, we, we saw, I say we saw, we didn't see Lee Evans play at centre-half in the first game. It wasn't behind closed doors, so was it, boys? There were, there were people in the stands, what are they doing? Uh, and then we saw Don Ball again playing at centre half in the second game. What, what, what did you make of that? And, and how do you feel about this centre centre back situation? Because clearly that's an area that town need to strengthen. Um, mm. And it sounds like they, they are actually considering Don Ball will be playing there potentially this season at, at times. Yeah, I think Kieran McKenna hinted that it was more kind of a needs must situation <clears> at the moment more than anything uh, with the current centre back situation. I think Lee Evans. Is, is not really a, a kind of player that they'd want to to hold down that position in the long term. But I think mm. I, I spoke about Don Ball a bit last week, I think, in a sense that he's done it before, hasn't he? He's he's played there, he's Mr. Versatile, he's the man who, especially in this kind of uh back four that can shift into a back five, 
uh, for Town. He can step forward into midfield when they're in possession. Uh, his versatility is going to be important. And I think it was a case where kind of as a midfielder in a very stacked midfield with so many options, if he's been kind of told, well, you know, we can definitely keep you around if you're someone that can can drop down into defence, then that's really important. I thought he, he was good. It's the same kind of um, thing where it's hard to judge players in pre-season, but it's his physicality, it's his movement, it's all the key characteristics, you know, maybe not quite as sharp as a, as a natural centre-back, but still someone that is fine cover and across a 46 game championship season you, that's what you're going to need is that it's it's really ruthless i think i was talking to you a bit about this in the sense that the championship in a way compared to league one does feel that little bit more brutal even though you have international breaks uh, and all those kind of things but it, it, it's still there is a feel to it that is just kind of so relentless i think because the mm. quality is so high as well you're going to need depth and you're going to need to be able to have options and town might not be in a position where they can stock every single position to have everyone playing naturally throughout the entire campaign so having a player like Don Ball and having a few players who can kind of cover a variety of different positions like Lee Evans for example who who can drop deep and do that if needs be and other players who can kind of play in different areas this is such an important part a of being a successful championship club and B playing for Kieran McKenna, who just wants to be so flexible with his tactical approach. Mm. Don Ball at centre half, he's got <clears throat> excuse me, all the physical qualities. He can he can win headers, he mm. got his head on a few corner deliveries into the box. Um I would slightly worry about balls in, in behind for him. I looked at that pairing of it was him and him and Burgess. Mm. Um wasn't loads of pace there between the two of them. Um, balls in behind because he's such a naturally uh, combative midfielder. Don Ball, I'd worry about there might be a penalty or or two along the way against some real rapid pace potentially. Um, there was a there was an old school Cameron Burgess moment in the second half where he got sort of turned high up the pitch and ended up sort of virtually rugby tackling the, the player, wrapped his arms around round his waist and, and managed to get away with that one. But um yeah, they're they're a little short. Obviously with with no Edmondson it's it's Burgess, um Burgess and Wolford and really is kind of out and out senior centre back mm. options at the moment. Um Elkin Baggett did come on in the first game but is is heading out on loan. We know that. Um so I would say now with George Hurst signed up that that is number one priority between between now and kickoff is getting a, a centre half in uh, preferably a left footer as well. Mm. And Stu, in, in a new a new feature we're going to bring you this season, we can actually now hear from Kieran McKenna himself talking about the camp and that centre back position um, because we can play the audio in. Uh, friends, let us know if you enjoy this and we can do more of it. So here's Stewie talking to Kieran McKenna after the game. Kieran is absolutely sweltering here in Austria. You've been here all week uh, at a training camp. Let's start there. How's how's the week been on the training pitch? First of all, it's been great. You know, we've we've had a really good week. Um, got everything that we you would want to get from a training camp. Um, we got you know really good sessions on the grass. Able to train a couple of double sessions on the grass and get some more work in, not just physical, but more important now also getting the tactical work in. Um, lots of time in the classroom and, and looking at video and things like that because we have more access to the players and um, lots of good time spent off the pitch, you know, enjoying each other's company. Um, 
you know, re-strengthening that, that spirit and that bond that we have, but you, you can't take it for granted. You have to keep working on it, and weeks like this is a really good part of that. So we've had a, a really good camp. Just one on the tactical front. We've seen central midfielders playing at centre-half. Is that needs must at the moment with your centre-back situation, or is that something that you're looking at stylistically in terms of how, how you want the team to play? No, more needs must, to be honest. Um, not, not so much with Dominic. I think Dominic has experience at centre-back, and um, we see him as an option for us there this season. And... Um, it's been good to, to get them some minutes in that position. But of course, yeah, Lee Evans played centre-half this morning. Did really well, I have to say. Um, but that was that's more just about, you know, um, centre-half available versus midfielders available and getting the minutes into the, the players who need it. Who need it. So there we go. Did you have to start every interview this weekend, boys, by saying, God, it's really hot, isn't it? <laughs> that's like the standard, the standard phrase. The, the bit that I enjoyed most about that interview, Stu, because it conjured images of players in the classroom, so I'm wondering who's who's the lad at the back, like leaning all the way back on his chair, his ties down here, Luke throwing Wolfenden. things. Luke Wolfenden, 100. Yeah. percent Who's the class SWAT? Do you reckon at the front, answering all the questions, taking Connor all the Chaplin. notes? You reckon Connor Chaplin? Yeah. I was wondering if it might be Morsey as the, as the captain. No, Connor Chaplin, 100. You reckon he is? Um, yeah, he he is. Uh, he takes his football very seriously. He's a he's a student of the game. I think he's the one that's quite. If you look, he's often the one closest to the manager when they're coming out walking the pitch beforehand and things like that yeah well it looks good doesn't it boss looks good um all right then we're, we're, alex you spoke to connor which we'll come on to in due course rossi talk to me about players who impressed you then we've talked there about various things around the game big fred scored again was there was there anyone you, you were particularly impressed with from today's uh, today's saturday's game one of the um admir wacker i'm calling them that because that's more cooler one of their players, I want to quickly just mention that and we'll get on to yeah. town players because this, of course, it's your town podcast. There's one, I think there was a second goal and he celebrated in Ronaldo style with a Sue, basically. He jumped up and he just went, Shh! and I was like... In a friendly? Oh, mate. Yeah. I know I said final friendly before the big kickoff, but I was like, I was surprised when I saw that. I was sort of like, okay. He, he wasn't the one that Morsey went and munched, was he? <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. No. That's a shame. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I thought I'd just mention that because he had uh, the number seven on as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did he give did. it the big one with that celebration. Yeah, yeah so yeah, fair play to the lad, you know, scoring against a you know championship football team, so not bad. Um, stand up players for town. Um, there's, there's no one really in particular because, yeah, as I said, it, the game itself was rubbish. Um, <laughs> so there wasn't, like, as you said, yeah, Dapper had getting his goal and he was had to be who, who made the run? Was it, um, was it Greg Lee who made the run? Uh, yeah, there was a few players involved with the, with that yeah. with the Ladapo one, wasn't it? it was a really watching yeah. it back, it was a really nice Sam Morsey forward pass out to Greg yeah. Lee. Um, nice bit of control. Edwards on mm -hmm. the overlap, cross into Freddie. Yeah. Did we see? Yeah. Did, we, did we see Greg? Because obviously Leaf Davis played in the first game, didn't we? We, we spoke last week about Davis kind of moving up into midfield as part of an experiment. Did we see the same kind of movement from Lee in this game? Or was he more of a traditional sort of left back? I would say it's more traditional in the case of Greg Lee. I'm not sure he's one that's going to be sort of coming into midfield and mm. doing the sort of Trent Alexander-Arnold kind of role. Um, he's more more athletic, Greg Lee. He's the sort of, uh, yeah, up, up and down on the left-hand side and um, did that quite well. He was. We talk about the game getting heated in the second mm. half, which Sam Morsi sort of thundered into a tackle and, and then he was, there were some verbals, continued verbals. He got booked for the tackle. I thought he might get, taken off for his own good by Kieran McKenna um, 
but he carried on and managed to kind of keep his keep his composure. And then something sparked a, a proper melee between both sets of players. And Greg Lee really um, really lost the plot and sort of had to be held back. I don't know if again if that was something said. Uh, I don't know, but um, it did get heated in the heat in that second half and um, didn't feel like a friendly match actually in in the end. Um, in you you would imagine I was expecting the game to kind of peter off in, in those temperatures and, and go a bit flat towards the end, but it actually finished finished quite uh, quite competitively. So that was good to see. I love Morsey getting booked in a friendly. Absolutely love that. Um, Alex, how about a lot of people say Jack Taylor um, in terms of looking at him for the first time? How, how did he perform? It was funny because I thought you were going to ask me who I'd pick out of the bunch and I was just thinking the entire time, Jack Taylor, Jack Taylor. Oh, there we go. Um, so it works really well. And <laughs> the, the biggest reason has to be his pirouette turn as he brought the ball forward inside of his own half. I think it was just before one of the, I think it was the first goal where he, he just spun around his man and brings the ball forward and sets, I think it was Greg Lee on, uh, sets him up on the left flank for the, the cross into the box. And that's kind of what I feel like he's there to do is I think McKenna spoke about it quite a bit, uh, trying to get him forward He's not the kind of player that you want sitting back in a very rigid shape. You want to make mm. the most of his attacking qualities. And if you've got a player who can kind of be that agile on the ball, that quick, that precise, he's really someone that you want to make the most of. And, you know, he's not going to be a player who's, you know, you're going to put as a 10, for example, especially with Connor Chaplin. But you can be quite flexible in that role where you can have a Sam Morsey or a Luongo who can just sit a little bit deeper and just allow him a little bit more creativity. That's what they had with Morsey sitting quite deep and trying to break some legs. And um, yeah, you know, typical preseason game. Uh, and it, it just allowed Taylor a little bit more time that maybe he didn't necessarily have on his debut in the Maidenhead game just to show his quality a little bit more. Mm. He's still getting up to speed a bit. And I feel like these preseason games they're just the worst thing for him to be honest because they're physical they're gritty they're a little bit horrible they're slow it was really sticky and hot obviously which probably didn't really suit what he wanted to do but he's a player that if you give him the time and space to do what he wants to do he can come up with those moments of magic and just offer something a little bit different in midfield superb uh right then on my final final part of notes for this this section of the show i've got youngsters rossi um we saw Kieran Slicker make his debut. And also, I know post-game, in terms of game day, a lot of folks mentioning the youngsters who came on, um, Ryan Carr and Leon Ayinde. Um, What did you make of those? What can you tell people about those? Because clearly not many people would have seen this game. Yeah, fair play to those young lads, because I think some of them have been over in Islands, because I'm currently done a 21 squad, is over there doing a little tour. So they, I think, flew on Friday um friday you know afternoon or whatever it was and then yeah they they pretty much played you know some of them played on the sats you know the the behind closed door game and then um of course mainly came and played in, in this game um at admir and yeah they they really stood out yeah leon the ad can't say his name sorry um he of course came on for west burn so he, he had the most of the run out but he's yeah. lively um you know he's a winger as well um so he's one of those January signings when we had we signed three, just like Ryan Carr. Ryan Carr signed from Carlisle, um, but they just they were just played without fear. You know they're playing without fear. You know they were linking up with all the players. Um, Ryan Carr was definitely the standout because yeah he really got stuck in, um, made some good crosses, 
um, good passes as well. And, you know, as I said, it's such a big step up for them coming into the first team, playing in this friendly, in that heat once again. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what I like McKenna does. He, and a lot of managers do that in pre-season. They bring in youngsters, letting them play. But the plan that heat um, and playing a very physical game, because as I said, you know, some of them had to really battle with the, these the, the whackers players. Um, so, yeah, Ron Carr is, is maybe someone to look out for because, yeah, he's, he's a quick boy as well. Stu, so what did you make of them? Because clearly young, youngsters is always something that fans get excited about and you, you tend to get to see them in games like this. Um, they, they played in the first game, didn't they? And then yeah. also got shipped over to play play a few minutes in the second game. Yeah, some of them ended up sort of doing a double shift. And mm. bearing in mind, the first game was at the training base, which was on the kind of Czech border to the north of Austria. And then it was about an hour and a half south to um, just south of Vienna to get to the second game. Um it was a reasonably tight turnaround. I think the first game kicked off at 11 o'clock. Second game was then at, at four. So they kind of bust various staff and players over in different different runs. But those some of those young lads um, sort of came on for cameo appearances against Trinava, stayed in their kit, basically jumped straight on the coach, um, Yeah, cooked in the sun and then came on for, for another shift in the second half, which... Um, would have been an interesting experience for them. Um, yeah, as Ross says, Carr and Ayinde were part of that little uh, academy recruitment drive back in January. I think it was January 31st on the deadline day. They sort of quietly announced four young players being added to the academy, three of them from Ireland. Ryan Carr came from Carlisle. So it's nice to see Ipswich are kind of um, recruiting younger as, as well and trying to maybe get some of these young talents early. Um, while they can, um, I thought Ayinde looked quite lively on the right. He got quite a, quite a bit of time on the pitch after Wes Burns went off injured and was was taking his man on and um, trying to make things happen. So I like like the look of him. We've seen both the Barbrook twins involved over the preseason. Now Harry came on at, at left back in this game. Finley had been involved against Felix Stowe. We'd seen Rio Morgan involved against Felix Stowe as well. So. Uh, it's a nice little taste for them this preseason. Um, so keep, be keeping an eye on the uh, close eye on the under twenty ones this season. See how they do after uh, several of these under eighteens that did so well in the FA Youth Cup last season. Let's see, kind of their keep an eye on their progression. Good to see. I like that that image as well. It's like being at school in PE. You know, when you used to have a, a school fixture away and you always have to get on the old bus in your kit and get driven there. Um, that's not like the youngsters are experiencing, even at a professional level, perhaps. Um, the game, of course, in the morning, we didn't get to see. We've seen one of the goals, which was um, Shawnee Luco, wasn't it? Uh, and apparently, I mean, the way it's been described, Marcus Harness's second goal sounds like Maradona circa World Cup 86, the good goal. Um, so I'm hoping they're going to put some footage out of this at some point. And we got, you got to speak to McKenna after the game um, about the first game, Stu, which is really why I'm teeing this up. Two games today, 33 degree heat. Um, start with the one this morning at, at the training ground against uh, Spartak Trnava mm. from Slovakia. Um, behind closed doors, so you'll have to tell us mm -hmm. a bit about how, how that game went. Goals for, for Shawnee and uh, remind me who got your other goal, Marcus. Marcus, Marcus Harris yeah. today. Um, how did that go? It was a really good game, to be fair. There was a good opponent who are, yeah, I think they're preparing for an important game next week. Um, I thought we played really well. I have to say, we scored a really good goal early on. Had other chances, you know, in the first half. Um, 
And then another good goal. And I think the, the goal from uh, Sonny's out, isn't it? Do we put the video on? Yeah, we put the video okay. on. Um, and Nathan, and uh, sorry, Marcus scored a really good goal, you know, breaking from the halfway line by himself in the second half. Um, so a good game. The last 20 minutes were tough physically. Were, you know, yeah, we're, you're, of course, stretched when you're playing across uh, two games across the, the squad on one day. So we were stretched in the last 20 minutes. The players um, really had to, to push and dig in in the last 20 and help with the young boys coming on as well. And, um, yeah, it was a really good game. Um, we got lots out of it and we'll certainly be stronger for it. Unless we see the goal, it didn't happen. Uh, and the other thing I want to mention, I picked up from the live, Alex, um, that you have a fondness, shall we say, for the, the sounds of football. And you particularly enjoyed the Shawnee Luco goal. I know there Kieran calls him Sonny. So again, we're, we're uh, into ambiguous territory about his actual name. But you, you enjoyed the sound of, uh, of a Luco's goal, Alex. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else picked up on this. It might have just been the fact that there were not that many fans in the ground, although obviously there were a few kind of cheers as it went in. But just as it curls over, you just hear this ripple as it hits the net. And it is a fantastic little kind of swish, like a whoosh, as it goes in. And that was probably the highlight of the clip for me. I don't know if anyone else has this. Sometimes, like, when it bounces off the post yeah. and you hear that, you hear that noise, or if it's a low shot and you kind of hear the click, as the, the kind of the base of the net kind of bounces up a little bit and comes back down. The proper satisfying ASMR style noises of football and uh, definitely the Aluko goal was classified as one of those, I think. I love this. So we're getting to know you a bit better now, AJ. If you also have a fondness for the, the sounds of football, do let us know. Stewie, Marcus Harness, we talked about every every show um, in this preseason, and he, he sounds again like he scored a, a cracking goal. He seems like he's really got the bit between his teeth this preseason. I feel like this goal is going to kind of get better and better every time yeah. people talk about it. Yeah, he took it off his own goalkeeper and beat 10 players yeah. before scoring. I mean, it's been described as him kind of wriggling between two players in his own half and then charging half the length of the pitch to to score. Uh, I can't comment on his performance from the first game because uh, we weren't allowed to go to that one. But I I've, I think he's looked quite sharp in, in the two games prior to that. Sounds like he's, again, done done quite well this weekend. Um, he was really the sort of inside left forward last season mm. was his role, which Nathan Broadhead has now taken. This preseason, he's kind of been used as the number 10, a lot more centrally. Maybe that they'll kind of move him more into a, a central role as the kind of Connor Chaplin backup, depending on, on who else comes in. Because Kyle Edwards has been the kind of left-sider um in pre-season so far, he's, he offers a bit more of a traditional winger if Ipswich want to go that way. Obviously, they, the left sider tends to tuck in and Davis goes down the outside. But if they're going to try and work on Leif Davis coming into this sort of central midfield role, then the, the left at times they'll need someone who maybe hangs out on the left a little bit more and is a traditional 1v1 winger. And Kyle Edwards is that. And I, th I thought he had a really lively finish to this game. He, he, he suddenly got the bit between his teeth after all that sort of fiery incidents that we talked about. Kyle Edwards then just seemed to want to be taking people on and, and beating people, was producing a bit of that, that twinkle-toed skill. So I'm hopeful. Um, I think we've all got a bit of a soft spot for, for Kyle because he's, uh, he's such a, a positive, happy character and he's so fun to watch that this is the season that, he adds that little bit of consistency to go with the undoubted talent that he's got and he can he can really contribute over the course of a 46-game-plus season. 
Hmm. Any other notes from this game, boys? Rossi, what uh, you obviously spoke to a handful of fans that were out there. It's great to see the legend Graham from the Naked Football Show, by the way. And was it his, his niece who's been getting right on the white wine again? Very enlightened, um, sipping on wine in the stands. That I also enjoyed that the first the first chat you had with fans um, who you said, kind of said, "Well, what brought you over?" And they went, "Get on the beers, isn't it?" <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, anything else from the game, Ross? You want to highlight? uh no yeah especially that you know that sadly you know it wasn't as many fans in the ground because it was sort of a very last minute announcement weren't it so that a few yeah pre-booked because when they sort of found out that the club were going to austria for their training camp mm. um, of course of course mckenna mentioned it um i think some fans went ah you know let's just wing it let's book vienna because it's a nice city and they're most likely going to be somewhere near there so there's a few who did, did that, like Graham said, that's what he did. He's never, uh, his niece has never been like abroad following the town. So she, he straight away went, we're doing that. Um, but yeah, just, it was great to just see some familiar faces. There's a few people I, I sort of knew before. Um, there's a few people who came from, you know, who lived in Czech Republic. So I think they actually were able to watch the, the behind closed doors game. Mm. Um, there's, you know, yeah, a few fans who, actually haven't watched town for a while, but they just fancied a, a trip abroad. And yeah, it was great to see just fans drinking beers in the grass. One thing about German and just European football, you can just drink, you know, beer in the stand. And there was even one guy just, just chilling. He was like this, cig cigar in his mouth and just having a whale of a time. So uh, shout out to that guy. Um, but yeah, that's just my main other takeaway. It's just, yeah, it was just a great little setup. We mentioned, or the boys mentioned on their live, that it felt like a, a FIFA um, football ground, you know. Oh, it really you know, did. That's a great yeah. shout. Yeah. Yeah. It looked exactly like one of those kind of um, painted by numbers FIFA grounds, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, anything yeah, else to mention, boys? I want to. I want to talk about um, Alex talking to Chaplin post game. Is there anything else from the game you want to highlight before we move on? Uh, just sort of little individual moments. I think my favourite was that little Jack Taylor um, bit of skill on the edge of his own box, which drew a few oohs and ahs from his teammates watching from the stands at the time. There was a really lovely Harry Clark sort of reverse pass, perfectly weighted up the line that started an attack, which was uh, which was very nice. Uh, and Christian Walton pulled off a hell of a close-range save with his kind of trailing leg, with, uh, which looked like a was destined for the back of the net. So um, he'll, he'll have enjoyed that. Um, and just in general, Connor Chaplin getting his first pre-season goal. I think uh, Alex spoke to him afterwards and that was a, a minor relief for him, having maybe snatched at a couple of chances in the first two and, uh, you know, he's uh, become accustomed to scoring goals quite freely. I think that that will feel like um, a nice little milestone for him to get his first goal and, and Freddie keeps finding the net, which is great. How was uh, Teacher's Pet afterwards, AJ? Old Connor? Yeah, it was good to talk to him for the first time. It was nice to talk to a player where I didn't have to like totally crane my neck up to, to interview <laughs> him. Standing at kind of five, six-ish, it was nice to be on eye level with Connor Chaplin. Um, teach pet, potentially. Um, we ended up going through uh, passports together when we got into Stansted. And uh, the first thing he did was he separated himself out from the rest of the squad uh, rushed his way through, uh, I think he said to me at the time, uh, something about survival of the fittest. <laughs> as he, we, we got through this uh, queue and then went straight up with uh, Kieran McKenna to check where the bags were coming in, uh, straight through to the other end. Um, I'll do it, boss. I'll, I'll get your bag. Yeah, yeah that, was, uh, that, that was kind of the first vibe I got. No, that was maybe a bit harsh. Um, 
he's someone that I think you can see his motivation immediately. Um, he kind of played it down a little bit to an extent uh, in terms of the importance of getting that first goal. But I think the line that stood out to me was, you know, I love that feeling. doesn't mm. matter if it's a preseason game, if it's a championship game or a, I don't know, a kickabout in the park. That's what he loves to do. Um, and I think he kind of acknowledges the fact that it has been him who's had to shoulder a lot of the attacking burden and that that pressure will be on him next season as well, given the numbers that he managed to pick up last mm. season. So um, I, I think that will be an important thing for him. He's enjoyed the camp, obviously. I think the, he picked up on the fact that it's been good to kind of bond with the new players as well, um, because he, he was keen to stress how easy it is to settle in with the group but obviously if you have a, a camp like this where you're almost forced to spend time with each other it, it just makes the whole process a lot easier and I think for a team like Ipswich as Stu kind of said where everyone needs to be on the same page and in terms of how you want to play and in terms of just knowing exactly what everyone's going to do if you're spending an entire week non-stop with your teammates that's where you're going to kind of build up those connections. Mm. And a couple, couple of points on those things. Sorry, Mark. Um, it was every man for himself. When you get off that train and you get to passport control, it is dog eat dog. It's who's quickest out the blocks to get. Were you on the same plane on the way? We were on the same flight home as, yeah. as the players. Yeah, they travelled Ryanair. They were in. Wow. They were in with the uh, the public. And um, Kieran McKenna showed a remarkable turn of pace. He was first through the gates. He was first there. I think he had places to be. We had an hour and a half delay coming home, and I think maybe he had he had somewhere to be, or maybe he just wanted to get home and, and see the family after uh, after a long week away. But he was he was lightning out the blocks. Um, yeah, in terms of the team bonding stuff that Alex talked about, uh, there would have been a uh, what's it called. Uh, initiation song from Jack yes. Taylor last week. I don't know what that was. I did speak to him after the game, but it was remiss of me to ask. I'll tell you another man who did an initiation song last week is our friend and former colleague, Andrew Warren. Oh, did he? The Hutch man got up and, and did a song. Do you want Can to know he what do he did? His, I don't know. I mean, it's hard for him to do his Scandi electro stuff, isn't it? So what did well, he do? I was, I was hoping it would have been the mailbag jingle. Yeah. <laughs> He bottled that and went for Champagne Supernova. Wow. Hutchie belting out Champagne Supernova. I watched the Supersonic documentary again, actually, over the last week or so. Fantastic documentary, if you've not seen it. And it is very competitive, isn't it? It is like when you get off a plane, I don't know if it's just me, I then become in personal competition with everyone else as to who can get to the bag first. Is that just me? I can imagine Ross takes it very leisurely. We didn't. We didn't have bags to get from the carousel. Oh, okay, but, um, cool. Yeah, it's more now. Obviously, sort of post Brexit, there's it's a bit more, it's a bit more <laughs> challenging to get back through, isn't it? But um, I got pulled to one side. Mine didn't work, and they had to send me through to get stat. I'm slightly concerned. So I, I went. You know, you you put it in the little electric reader and yeah, look yeah. at the camera. Yeah. Failed the first time. Failed the second time. Bearing in mind, I'm flanked to like Freddie Ladapo to my left and Connor Chaplin to my right. They're all going through. Oh, excuse me, mine doesn't work. Oh, follow me, sir. They took me off to um to go and see like a proper security guy to kind of get it looked at. Get the at. glove, yeah. And he goes, oh, he's just looking at his screen, looking at me. He starts writing some stuff down. <laughs> said, oh, sorry, I just need to take some of your details down. 
So I said, do, do you mind me asking why I've been flagged up? I can't tell you. He said, uh, you, you'll have to go on Border Force and uh, log some such and such request to find out. So what? Slight, slightly concerned. Is your, is your passport picture like old? Is it no clock of no? That's, what, that's no. what my missus asked. No, I have. I'm completely bold. It's an up to date. It's an up to date picture. So you know what, know what that was all about. You know what it is because you're traveling with guns, aren't you, baby? Got those weapons. <laughs> you got a license for those. <laughs> yeah, need to check. You got a license for those. Anyway, we digress. Before this all kicked off, I was I was trying to tee up a Connor Chaplin clip. This is Alex speaking to Connor about the mood in camp. How was the camp in general? Because I feel like it was one of those things where you just had such a good vibe around the place last season and it must have been quite nice just to have everyone there in an environment like this over the last week and to, to get back together and work on what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, just carry on from last season really in terms of the, the vibe and, and the sort of rapport in the group. Um, we've added with personnel obviously and they've sort of fitted in seamlessly so it's probably really good for them to come away with us and spend a lot of time with us. Um, off the back of last season and integrate really quickly because it's an easy group to, to integrate into, to be honest. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. It's been really hard. The weather's been like this all week, honestly. So, um, cloudy at times, but in terms of temperature, it's been like this all week. So, um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable, but it's been been a tough week and probably rounded it off with the hottest day yet and the toughest one yet. There's nothing more British than talking about the weather, is there? This has been a, a real feature of the, every single interview has featured the weather so far today, twice with the kennel. Um, so, yeah, there's Connor. Clearly um, a key part of, of the squad. Um, he's talking there about new arrivals, uh, which I thought was a way of, of finishing the show um, because clearly last week um, George Hurst arrived and we work in Thursday. So we, had, we did a little mini emergency pod on it, Stu. Um, but you weren't around. You were off on Thursday. So I thought it'd be good to uh, to get your thoughts on George Hurst signing, the striker we've, we've been waiting for. Is it actually in terms of coming in, obviously, it's nice and early. He can he can meet up with the side now this week um, on the grass with them today. Uh, um, by the sound of it, will be some part of the squad at Preston. Um, clearly, there's been links. Ellis Sims, uh, town decided not to start, try and say the highest number on that particular pursuit. And this one, 1.5 million as we understand it, with add-ons, um, still not going above the 4.5 club record. Seems like a really, really good bit of business. Yeah, I think so. Um, the Sims deal is obviously a, an obvious comparison, given that we know he was a player of significant interest mm. to Ipswich. Um, Eight million is the kind of headline figure for Ellis Sims. That is what it could potentially reach to. I think reports from, from Coventry are suggesting it's kind of 3.5 up front with potential further add-ons, some of which are can get quite ridiculous in terms of you know promotion, then X number of games in the Premier League and England call-ups and, and things like that. Um, so I doubt it will top out at 8 million. But even so, I think 1.5 for Hurst, guaranteed, versus even if you said 3.5 for Sims. Okay, Sims has, has got a couple of years on his side, 22 compared to 24 with George Hurst. Slightly more championship experience, having done it for Sunderland in the first half of last season. But there's not a huge body of work behind Ellis Sims. Um and I think sometimes it's just best to go with what you know. George Hurst has come in. He knows his teammates. It took him a few weeks to, to get up to speed and integrate, but he made such an impact in the second half of last season. And I'm really not worried about his championship record that people sort of highlight no goals in 30-odd games at championship level because he was 
all of those games almost exclusively were off the bench for a struggling mm. Rotherham side. They had Michael Smith kind of up front during that season and Paul Warren spoke so highly of him, of his attitude after that loan spell. Circumstances last season at Blackburn where he didn't have much of a pre-season and wasn't able to hit the ground running and that and they had um, Brereton Diaz up front doing the business as well. So... I think it's a, I think it's a really good signing at a good price, and and you just have to trust Kieran McKenna's judgment of players in general. He knows what he wants. Um, he's chased him for a long time, and he's and he's a proven developer of players. And I think he'll I think he can take George Hurst to another level, hopefully. So um, the next question would be: Have they have they got enough strikers now with 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 Freddie, who will have a point to prove equally going back up to the championship, and George Hurst? Do they need another one competing in there? Or are you happy to have kind of Caden Jackson as a, a pacey alternative option up front? Um, or do you get someone that's kind of versatile that can play across a few of those forward positions? I still think there'll be one more player at least added to the forward unit. Maybe someone that can play um, multiple positions, multiple positions, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, and now we can hear you talking to Kieran McKenna about George Hurst. I wonder if the weather features again. Let's find out. George Hurst, an Ipswich Town player permanently now. Was that always the plan for as soon as that final ball was kicked last season? Yeah, it was, to be honest. It was um, yeah, probably before the final ball was kicked. Um, yeah, as we've we've said, I've said you know, lots of times, he's a forward that we really like. We think he's got good potential. He really fits our group, both tactically and, you know, mentality and, and um, his age and where he wants to go and the, the step that he now wants to and needs to take in his career and that being really aligned with where the club is. Um, so yeah, we're really happy to, to be bringing him back in and um, yeah, he's, he can join the group now, he's, everything's familiar to him and, and he's, uh, he's got the same challenge as a lot of the other players in the dressing room ahead now. He has to go and step up and show that what he'd done you know, in the second half of the season, he can go and show those same qualities at the next level and um, that's what we're all looking to do. I guess plan one is to retain what you had, which you've done. You've got that team that, that got you over the line in, in style, that squad. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to add to it a little bit more now, I assume, between now and the end of the transfer window, if you can. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're working away. Um, and yeah, the club are working very hard. Um, you know, the myself and the coaching staff are contributing um, as well. And um, yeah, we, we want to add to the squad. And um we want to improve and take the level higher than what it was last year. That's not just new players, that's improving the players that are here. Um, but part of that, of course, is, is improving the quality in your squad. And um, that's what we're going to try and do. do. Rossi, we're going to talk about, we're going to hear from, from Connor Chaplin on, on Taylor and Hurst in a minute. But obviously there, Stewie's talking to McKenna about more signings. Where would you want to see him make a signing next? Is it that, that centre-back position next on the list? Yeah, definitely with, you know, um, well, you know, still ask McKenna is it needs must at the moment. And that's what he said, you know, Lee mm. Evans playing centre-half, Don Ball, who, of course, you know, as Alex has said, has played there before in his career. But yeah, an experienced centre-back who has got Shaq's experience, I think, is probably next on the list. Um, so hopefully that can, we've been linked, of course, with Crave, Craig Cuthquart, I think. Let me say it easy nor an Irish day, bloody hell. Oh, dear me. I'm still knackered, ladies and gentlemen, from the Austria trip, right? That's my experience. Ross hasn't been bed yet. Uh, and Stuart, you were off, obviously, on that Thursday when we, we also spoke about the Austin Trusty link last week, uh, a guy that Alex has seen playing and press in the Championship with Birmingham. Uh, do you want to talk about that a bit, maybe? Yeah, player, player they like, player that they would, they would like to bring in if they could, but 
also acknowledge that it's going to be a difficult deal to do. He's he's obviously an Arsenal player, uh, but was player of the year at Birmingham last year in, in the championship and will have sort of numerous clubs after him. Um, Arsenal may even want to hold on to him and, and have a little look them, themselves yet. So um, I'm sure one or two deals might go uh, a little bit later than they would like. Obviously, Mark Ashton and Kieran McKenna have both always said they like to do business early. I'm sure they would have liked to have George Hurst in for the start of that trip away, but it's it's not always as easy as that. Um, it's not like the club sit on their hands and, and just decide to do these things later for a laugh there's um you know there's always a bit of a domino effect they'll have been working on deals long before even last season finished you're waiting for other people to do certain things before they'll entertain letting players go so um the bottom line is Ipswich as I say have retained the squad from last season I've been keeping a kind of a championship ins and outs guide up to date on our website and uh on there, I've kind of put how many of the league starts from last season have been lost by certain clubs. That so gives a good idea of turnover. Ipswich have only lost 14 league starts from last season and, and three goals. And Tyrese John Dawes would have would have made up uh, a decent number of, of those two figures. And, and he may yet well return. He, he could be a nice sort of, obviously, it's high risk in terms of injuries, but also a high ceiling if, if you can get him fit and he could be that kind of versatile front player to, to back up those that we've discussed. So that is, that's 3% of league starts lost. Ipswich have, have, so they've, they've got the same team. If you compare and contrast that, someone like Birmingham have already lost something like 58% and there's other clubs that are going to have high turnovers. The teams that have come down from, from the top flight are going to lose uh, some high profile players um, going forward. So I think that that stability, that unity is, is a really good start point for Ipswich. I still think, as Mark Ashton keeps saying, what's got us here might not take us there and they will try and add a little bit more to it if they can. Obviously, uh, Raksaki might be one that, that they're very much keen on, adding something, just some different qualities, a bit of pace um, to, to the to the forward unit. But um, I think Ipswich are in a pretty good place um, at this stage of, of the summer preparations. Sounds like there's a nice piece to be written there about percentage of starts and and that kind of stuff for the championships too. Maybe one to uh, come into your your websites and papers soon. And just one final clip, friends, just to really ram home the fact that we were in Austria this weekend. Uh, Jack Taylor and George Hurst obviously already signed, and Alex spoke to Connor about them. Yeah, touching on those new recruits, got Jack Taylor in. What have you uh, found of him in uh, the last week since you've uh, been with him? Really, really lovely lad. Um, fitted in really well. Um, sort of off the pitch and, and with the boys, which everyone sort of expects. Um, we recruit good, good people and it's an easy group to fit into as well, so it's, so it's quite easy in that aspect. But on the pitch, I think you can see his attributes. He's a great runner, um, really technical on the ball, powerful, powerful runner. Um, he's going to add a lot to us and, and help us a lot. And looking forward to playing more of him and sort of building up even more of a relationship because I think like we've probably played first time together today in mm. terms of a competitive match yeah. and I definitely feel like we've got a little bit of a connection so um, yeah it feels good and, and long may that continue and, and grow yeah I'm talking about connection I mean George Hurst back at the club as well that just feels like such an important one for the step up to the championship yeah everyone everyone wanted Hursty back um, I know the club's done an awful lot to get him back Hursty himself has, has done an awful lot to get him back which he needs credit for as well because it's never easy um, so we're really thankful for that um, from the club's point of view and from his point of view and looking forward to, to going now um, like I said, memories are good from last season, but we want to create new ones now, and, and that's done sort of 
create new memories and, and hit new heights. Like it, create new memories, hit new heights. Good stuff. We've done 67 minutes so far of, of podcast gold, friends. Are there any other notes from the weekend that you want to share? I want to, what I'm thinking about, I want to shout out Mullet from Twitter, who did a wonderful meme um taking on the, the the famous iconic meme of the guy with his girlfriend um eyeing up another lady as she walks by and he's uh, he's done an exceptional job actually because he's not got a lot of uh material to work with but he's cut out aj's head from the live i think it was stuck that on the girl that the boat's looking at got stewie looking side eye as the guy and then our, our old friend hutchie as the long-suffering girlfriend of this guy with a wandering eye superb work mullet do stick that on your CV as you suggested you might. Um, anything else? Any other notes, boys, from the weekend? I've enjoyed the slight overreaction in some parts to the to the tweet I had taking <laughs> the piss out of of Andy interviewing the manager first, and some people taking that far too literally. Life's too short, mate. I'm I'm really saddened to see this. I think Did most really people most people got it as a joke that it was a uh, people thought you were being be. serious. Good I Lord. think one or two did. Yeah, Deary me. Come on, friends. Come on. You you know she better than that. Um, AJ, your first overseas trip. You've got another one to come in just a couple of weeks' time. That one will just be you and Ross, which uh, I'm slightly terrified about. Um, how do you how will you reflect on this and how do you look forward to the, the next one? Yeah, that Innsbruck trip is terrifying. I mean, even the prospect of us getting down to uh to Gatwick nice yeah. and early in the morning and uh having to make sure we remember everything. I was the only one who brought adapters on this trip as well for the plugs. So um, I, I was in charge of making sure that everyone actually were able to charge their phones and their laptops. Uh, I might have to give Ross like a list of things that he needs to bring. Yeah. Um, although I forgot my sunglasses. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not totally out of the woods with it. But um, as long as he can get on the train or get in the car with me for, for getting down there, that'll be fine. Overall, reflecting on it, great time. I think it was a bit of a whistle-stop tour. It might have been nice to have uh, seen some of the sights of uh, Vienna other yeah. than the Westfield Shopping Centre. But um, <laughs> we'll have a bit more time when we head over to um, to Innsbruck in gosh, about two weeks, isn't it? Two weeks um, on Friday, yeah. Two weeks Friday. and Yeah, that's the game. We'll, we'll head out on the Thursday um, with a few games in between then. It's just really nice to think that we've gone from like Vienna to a midweek in Preston. And uh, nice trips to Colchester and, and stuff like yeah. that before we head back out. I'm pretty sure that the Colchester game uh, is the Tuesday and then we fly out on the Thursday for a game on the Friday. So it all gets a little bit intense, but uh, that's part of the fun. Rossi, you go from the, the sublime, a lovely 35 degree day flying out to Vienna, jet set lifestyle, to the ridiculous driving, or in your case, being driven five hours at least to Preston for a friendly on a Wednesday night. How are you feeling about that? And how do you reflect on your, this is your, what, second or third KMA on tour trip? Yeah, my well, second, yeah, Germany was the first one. Oh, no, yeah, it would be third because we went to Germany twice, didn't we? Mm. Um, but no, it was really good fun. Yeah, it said it was a, a flying visit. Um, yeah, yeah, Vienna. Yeah, I can't really say <laughs> much about it, really. Uh, as I said, there's a big boy chair. Uh, the <laughs> that's your main uh, takeaway yeah oh, oh the culture of vienna chair. oh but yeah. what about that big, big boy chair? chair that's how i'll remember it. yeah <laughs> um but now it's good you know good to you know have a good little um get to know alex a bit more we, we, we learned a bit more about alex and stuff like that which is good um but yeah off to preston 
on Wednesday. So, so thank you very much, Kira McKenna and co. Um, I know you want to test yourself and get used to the traveling, but yeah, you know, enjoy everybody who is going to Preston, but I'm sure there's not going to be that many. I think the joke was like, there, is there going to be more fans at the Austria game or Preston game? That's a good we'll question. We'll find out. We'll that find out. a good out. question. Yeah. Stewie, but, uh, Stewie yeah. this is your last pre-season friendly because you're um, having some well-earned time off and you're also going to miss the first game of the season aren't you at Sunderland. You're heading to Dis- Disney World, have I, have I heard? I am, yes. That? Paris, yeah. yeah. Tremendous. So, um, what, I mean, I guess this is championship opposition. It's a bloody long way away. Is this kind of the most interesting, potentially friendly so far on Wednesday night? Yeah, I think it's... Um, Kieran stopped short of saying it's, it's obviously too early to say it's a marker, but it's it will mm. give a, a decent indication probably of of kind of where they're at against the, the level of, of club that they're going to be facing next season. So as I said sort of earlier on, I think I'll be interested to start seeing some of these on-pitch relationships starting to to bed in and blossom. Connor Chaplin's talked about sort of him and Jack Taylor um, starting to dovetail Morsi and Taylor getting that sort of midfield thing going, um, bedding in this, whether they're going to stick with this sort of Davis slightly different role. Things like that are going to become a little bit clearer in terms of um, the the starting 11 and relationships and things on the pitch. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting Wednesday night. Bloody long way. Uh, right then, before we take our leave, Rossi, is there anything you want to tease to? The the, um, the ladies' fixtures are out shortly, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah. by the time you've listened to this, they'll be out there. So I now know my schedule for both the men and the women's seasons because, um, of course, I try my best to cover both teams when I can. Um, I will admit last season I did get very, very tired. So um, we'll, we'll find out uh, what the plan will be going through. Um, but yeah, we'll find out the fixtures. So, yeah. Superb. When's the first Tractor Girls talk of the season going to happen? If you've got plans for that. Oh, Ross has gone. Ross has gone on mute. Teams. Trying to call me on Teams. But I don't know why. Carry on. Sorry, mate. I was going to say, when's the, when's the uh, first Tractor Girls talk of the season? You've got, you've got a plan for that? Uh, hopefully soon. We're just um, getting contracts sorted. I'm speaking to Blues people. She's speaking to mine. And uh, we'll, we'll let you know. But yeah, we've got lots of things to cover because we've got those departures. Yeah. The- is pre-season friendly they um they drew 2-2 against championship side Cholton um in a behind closed doors game um on Sunday so uh, that was a good result for them so uh yeah watch your space for that superb right then friends that's 75 minutes in the book so I hope you've enjoyed it a bit of an in-depth um tour look back at the tour of Austria um a lot of chat around that of course all that leads me then to say is a reminder for our sponsor Manscaped he says trying to find yeah there it is Manscaped Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20, 20% off all their excellent stuff there uh, and free delivery. And, friends, very excitingly, they've just launched this new beard hedger, beard trimmer. They sent us a, a beard pro box. Look at all this stuff, friends. He says, trying to get it on camera. There we go. That's what you get. Um, now, because obviously we know that Ross doesn't allow anyone to touch his beard, so he's not interested in this stuff, I've taken it upon myself to start growing a beard. So I can I can relate, friends, to uh, the sort of quality that we get in the in the kit. And I will already say, it's some really seriously good clobber. Beard balm, Ross. I don't know if that's something you use. Got a lovely lovely bit of beard balm in here. It's very eucalyptusy and minty. And I've also got a bit of beard oil, which I think I'm probably going to need to have a bit more growth on before I can start combing that in. 
What's your daily regime, Ross, with your beard? It, it depends. It's when I go out. Like if I go out, I, I make an effort. But yeah, if I'm working from home, I'm like ah, whatever. I sometimes try to comb it after the shower because I don't want it to be too over the place. Um, but yeah, it's maybe not as in depth. But yeah, I do you know, a bit a bit of oil, a bit of shampoo. Ooh, mate, bit okay. of beard shampoo, mate. You get a little, get a little, uh, little comb as well. Look, yeah. there you go. Special yeah. beard comb. A little bit, little bit of a way off that. And also this, which I'm assuming is, you do this with it. Is it, Ross? A little bit yeah, of a beard yeah. brush? Yeah, I've got loads of those. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a go-to present for a while. For a lot of my, my family members, when they knew I was you know, growing beards, I was like, oh, so like for one Christmas, I got like four beard sets. I was like, I don't need that many boys and girls. I don't need that many. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I've got loads of combs. Anyway, so use obviously use the code KOA uh, at manscaped.com for 20% off, including... This excellent beard kit, beard uh, hedger kit. I think it's called the Pro Beard Package or something. Lots of seriously good stuff in there. And I'll, I'll be bringing you notes from my beard growing journey slash care with the, with the Manscaped Package. And also clearly friends support. Our other sponsor, Ginger Pickle. Tony Southgate and the boys at Ginger Pickle. Anything you need in terms of help with your digital marketing, your SEO, your Google ads ranking, all that kind of stuff. Tony and the boys at Ginger Pickle can help you there. Any other notes then, boys? Any other business today, Stewie? Anything else you want to mention? This may be the last time we hear from you until after the season starts. Uh, no other business. Okay. <laughs> well, we've, been going, there, a, we've been going a little while. A lovely we? farewell message. But no, no other <laughs> business. She says, see you on the other side, losers. Uh, AJ, anything else to mention? Uh, I think it's great that... Um, we get to go to the happiest place on earth and the Stadium of Light and Stuart to go to Disneyland instead. <laughs> Rossi, final thoughts this week? Guten Tag, bah. Did you actually no. say that to anyone? Guten Tag and all that? No, I bought it. Oh, that is a real shame. <laughs> anyway, friends. Okay. Oh, you got something to say? I did say it when we arrived at the airport. But I said it to the boys, but not actually like people. Uh, um, so. to, to proper Austrians, you didn't you didn't have it. No. Fair enough. Anyway, friends, Monday, the show is in the books. I hope you've enjoyed it today. There's been a lot of stuff that we've included. Let us know if you like the clips, um, because we what we don't want to do is, is sound like a kind of second-rate radio show with these clips. Um, so you have to let us know if you think they add anything to it, because um, we can certainly bring more of those to you as the season goes on. Um, so have a great start to the week, friends. If you are heading to Preston, well done. You deserve a knighthood. The boys will be there, so if you see them, do say hello. We'll be bringing you all, that, all the stuff from that game, including live coverage, to so follow it all live with us. And if not, friends, have a great week, and we'll speak to you next bloody ruddy time. <laughs>